0: On television five times a week Uh, probably a good idea to look around the table and decide who the identified patient is because it's not Steven Mm -hmm. uh, not recognizing that he's on the biggest show on TV at that time every night was gonna tender their business makes them be the identified patients. And then they voted to put him back in and they've been rolling since. So for me, uh, had I just said, yeah, I'll manage you. I don't know if I could have gotten him into uh, Betty Ford. Uh, he did it himself. He yeah. checked himself in. He booked his flights and that's what you want. You don't want to do the work for them, you want them to want to get sober.
1: Right. And I was actually just going to add before you added that last part that it seems that you sort of put it all on them, which is something that I really appreciate, which is like, as I've sort of talked about with you too, like this idea of accountability, where it's not on anybody else but you to get sober. Like, it's a personal choice and takes a lot of personal strength to seek recovery. And to actually check yourself into a rehab center, like what you were just talking about. If you were there for him already as your man already as his manager, I apologize. Um, He likely would not have checked himself in because people become dependent on others, I find. And it sort of hinders their recovery process. The more that it's independent, and the more that somebody is doing it for their own will, and their own choice, for their own health, I find that that is when people tend to truly become sober, and complete the recovery process, or at least for a long-lasting recovery.
0: Unless they own it. Yeah. They're sharing it with someone else. And if they're sharing it with someone else, they lean on that person uh, to help them. And that person can be empathetic, supportive, but they've got to help themselves to
1: succeed. And that's a story that I've, or the song I've seen sung many times. Like I've seen even some of my own friends battle with addiction and they'll be, On the road to recovery just for somebody to drag them down like through peer pressure and that's something that i can easily imagine is prevalent in the industry especially with a band where you have one artist who is seeking sobriety and then the rest of the band or even just one member who is sort of lagging and that will just Sort of bring the band down. Like you said, like it's a group mentality I would imagine. Yes,
0: so uh, an example would be uh, there was a guy in a band. Um, he was sober for three years. Mm-hmm. A new guy joins the band, and um, he starts to see opportunities when he's hanging out with that guy to go to the bar uh, in his hotel and start drinking again, and that leads down uh, the slippery slope uh, of multiple different kinds of drugs. Yeah. And uh, I had to say to him, this environment doesn't work for you. Uh, You've been successful, Uh, you can't go back through the cycle again. You need to go to rehab. You need to go back to your therapist. And you need to leave the band because this kind of lifestyle for you just doesn't work. And he did. And he's healthy. And he's a songwriter now and producer and putting his own band together.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great. And then um, I also just have a question because as I was talking with Maddie, she mentioned how you also spoke at NYU and Harvard. About these topics. And we're like, because I don't want to be very repetitive. So, did you sort of talk about a lot of the same stuff that we've talked about as you did there?
0: Well, most of the time that I speak at colleges, or uh, depends if it's specific to uh, drugs and alcohol. In mm-hmm. the entertainment space, I speak about that. But most the folks that uh, want me to speak at like, their different uh, occasions want me to speak about the music industry and uh, publishing, records, management, right? Uh, record companies. So they they want me to talk about those things for other uh, young people who want to go into the uh, record business or into the music business as an artist or Mm -hmm. uh, working at Spotify or Apple or somewhere in the industry.
1: Right. Okay. You know, because... I
0: do both, but it's like on this one, I knew what it was specific to, but I've also Interviews and done a lot of work in the recovery area, and I love sending the messages out there that might change the way artists and music professionals uh, deal with these
1: issues. Yeah, because I really see it as like when it comes to sobriety in these industries, I think that. The benefit stretches far past the musicians themselves, because as a manager, I'm sure whenever you have um, any like drug related incidents that gets leaked to the public, that's obviously negative press and people are going like, probably sales will drop if I were to guess. But when you have a band that's sober, I'd imagine that it's just a lot less stress. Could you confirm that?
0: There's definitely a lot less stress because you're dealing with someone who's coherent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but believe it or not, one of the drawbacks uh, is that uh, the music doesn't lose its audience. Really? Uh, the audience almost uh, buys it uh, or streams it uh, to be supportive. So. really not what it would seem to be yeah Uh, because i mean motley Motley crew just sold their catalog for nine figures uh all those guys have been in and out of rehab yeah Uh, so it never changed uh their popularity what changed their popularity is when they were so dysfunctional that they couldn't make great
1: music yeah Because I mean, I guess what I mean is like when you have an incident such as I'm trying to remember who it was in the movie. Was it Vince who had the DUI?
0: Well, it wasn't just DUI. He yeah, uh, while he was drunk, uh, someone died in his car when he had an accident. That's manslaughter. So uh, that uh, moment. you know for him personally uh was very hard and he left mm-hmm. the band uh, because he just couldn't handle it and they couldn't handle him uh that's about as serious as i've ever dealt with was uh, knowing that someone uh had gone through that yeah and you know, keeping him on the rails uh, for 25 years, 30 years after that uh, difficult. He have to carry that for the rest of his life. Right. Now, if that also could have been the gentleman with him from Hanoi Rock, he could have been driving. They were both drunk. Right. But there's no excuse for it. Uh, you know, the idea of someone dying in your car. It's hard to live with, and I think it's been a real burdened event. But I think he's been
1: able to get through it. Right, and that's really good that I guess he could recover mentally from that because I couldn't. I couldn't even imagine what it must be like to go through that. Just terrible. He's gone through that.
0: He's gone through that. He's lost a daughter to cancer at yeah, a very right. very young age. Um, so that trauma um, really is difficult to have every day, to wear, to carry, without it changing you. Yeah. And you got to do a lot of work yeah. to get back to who you are, and not have that pain guide your actions.
1: Yeah. And I really don't want to sound insensitive when I say this, but like it does show a tremendous amount of self-respect that he stayed sober, like to this day, because after the death of his daughter, the DUI and manslaughter, like, like you were saying, it's a lot to take in and through many different coping mechanisms that are actually healthy and like Able to work long term, it's something that is to be commendable. Like without using drugs and alcohol to cope with these issues, it's something that I really respect a lot.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, people fall off the wagon and have to go do the work again if they want to stay alive. Yeah. So, you know, the challenge is doing the work, and uh, when the, You start to notice that things are changing as a professional, you have to uh, bring it up. Uh, That can cause a lot of acrimony, but it's your role, it's Mm -hmm. the job. And that's why I segregate uh, the job from the friendship. And it's hard on artists because they want to celebrate and they want to show. Their gratitude and invite you to their house or uh, offer you things to do with them. And uh, you start to blur those lines, your communication changes. And it takes a lot of discipline to uh, keep that boundary Mm -hmm. uh, because you do uh, start having a real uh, camaraderie. Because you're both going for the same goal. You're talking to each other regularly. And yet, you've got to keep in the back of your mind who you are in this scenario and what has made you successful. And in my case, what's made me successful, and I hate to repeat it again, is telling an artist what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, combined with... Not letting greed get in the way of long-term success. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, I can see how the greed can overshadow long-term success, and especially because you did go into detail on how your style of managing does really prevent that. Um, I just could see... Sorry, I just length for a second i really apologize but i could see how that well, i think i
0: think what you're trying to articulate is i could sit down and be very happy with an artist doing 250 300 shows a year mm-hmm. but when are they going to get their compass back when are they going to be able to relax you know if i get a commission every time they play the more they play the more money i But if I'm working with them for 30 years, I'm making a lot more money than if they die or uh, if they uh, are unable to keep the standard of their music at the level it needs to be to succeed. So that's how I measure uh, everything. And I think it works to the benefit of my company and to the benefit of the
1: artist. Yeah. And that's something that... I could even connect to what I've been learning in school. like, So I take an economics class where we talk about how in the short run, markets will either make a lot of money or lose a lot of money. And that's sort of connectable to what you're talking about, where you can have a one-year run with 300 shows, but when that lifestyle and that stress and pressure catches up to the artists, Who knows if one of them may OD and die one night? And I mean, I don't want to say not
0: being able to just not be able to come up with the lyrics and melody and structure that makes a successful song because they they can't uh, they can't concentrate because of the amount of drugs and alcohol they're
1: consuming. Yeah yeah exactly so I mean I guess I just have one more question and I think it's a little bit more for me than anything else but if you do plan to retire do you think that you ever may retire this view of not being friends with your clients too or is that at the point where you would kick back and maybe go on vacation with some of your clients that's just a question for me
0: well the answer is I wouldn't change it uh, because I'm not on the road and because uh, I'm not friends with my artists. I have real friends, not transactional friends. And uh, that's why I do these kinds of things. I'm able to uh, help uh, young people in this area, whether it's uh, doing a podcast like this Mm -hmm. or helping people with career guidance or having them intern at one of my companies, um, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. And I get a whole lot of support by being involved in the community and having real friends that if uh, I ever uh, had a problem, uh, be it economic or health, uh, I'd have the support of my friends who wouldn't be on the road and wouldn't be in the studio and have the ability to be real friends.
1: All right. That makes sense. So, I mean, I think I'm going to call the episode here and then I'll edit it a little bit just so we can cut this out. But um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I think that it's probably my favorite one today. You shared a lot of great information. So well, I
0: appreciate you inviting me and I um, uh, hope uh, this helps someone who's listening.
1: Exactly. And that's always been my mindset with this podcast. If I can just help at least one person who listens, then that makes it worth it to me. And I'm glad exactly. that you I'm glad that you share the same idea. So, I do. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And I will bye tune bye. in. Bye. And I will tune in for another episode, another time.